0: Well, thank you. Thank you very much for receiving us. It is a blessing to be here to gather with you. Um, a little bit, I guess, maybe an introduction. I believe most people are probably familiar with me and my family, though some are not. My name is uh, Jake Dyke, Jake and Helen Dyke, my wife Helen. And our eight children are with us today. We are from Niagara, the Church at Niagara i 'm the uh, current uh, active elder there in the church, and so we are we are excited and surely i 'm sure a bit nervous as well coming to bring bring god 's word toward, to you this morning. It is no light thing, definitely, but nevertheless, I do it with joy and uh, I want to just introduce start with a, a verse as introduction, the verse that the, Paul spoke to uh, the church at Romans with, Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. <clears throat> he says to them, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. And that's somewhat what I've to do today as well. Though I see and look at myself and see a lot of insufficiencies, but may the Lord, by His grace, in His gifting, do a, little, uh, do a work through me that I might impart a bit of the Lord's gift to the church here. And in one way that it might uh, edify and establish a bit more. But that's, that's not the only thing. Paul didn't want to come to and get to the, the Romans and to share and impart all the wisdom and all the gifting that he has. But like it says here in the next verse, that is that I may be comfort, comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And so I believe that is a, a great blessing that I, that we have already received. And I believe that we will continue to receive, though... We come here to bestow uh, and to give a bit of our gifting. I know and I have already received a bit of of your gifts and your blessing in the prayers, in the songs, in in the preaching, in the edifying. And I trust and know further on in the afternoon that will continue that the mutual faith between you, yourselves, in us, me, and my family, that we be we can be comforted together in it, so the word that I had to share to to you this morning, I was struggled I don't know if uh if you typically do uh titles to your message or a main theme, um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but it is maybe something that we can used at times to get us a better understanding of what will be preached or to remember what what was shared. And the thought that came to my mind as I was preparing, seeking the Lord, of what to share with the church here at Vienna was the word that Paul said that we are that we hold treasure in earthen vessels but before that again as somewhat of an introduction again my mind went and pondered of uh, of what what was uh, my duty as an elder as a feather, fellow brother in another congregation to bring to the church here in my mind and studies went to the mind of paul in the in the conduct that he had toward the churches When he would often visit, obviously he was a missionary. He went and established a lot of churches, but he also followed up. He went back to these churches and, yes, came there spending some time to ordain elders, excuse me, but also to see how they were doing, to help help them out, to edify them. And so I come here, first of all, just uh, with. The, the message from the church at home or the blessing from the church at home. I know even for myself, definitely uh, I've had a lot of brothers share with me how they were praying for me, that the word could go forth here. and all, And I believe also praying for you here, praying for the church, that it would also be well received. But also... I'd like to also just encourage you into, uh, into the, uh, the conduct of our brother Paul in the scriptures. You see that when uh, Paul spoke to a, a church, it seemed like he, did, he was not afraid of, uh, of bringing up other fellow believers, bringing up other fellow, fellow uh, churches. But what we often see the case and what is the most consistent thing is that he doesn't bring up their faults and says that this is all the things that so-and-so is doing wrong or that such-and-such is doing wrong or in this way this church is, uh, is failing or this church is, uh, is missing this large gift. Though there are a lot of things that these churches needed to learn and needed to be edified in, Of which when he spoke to them personally. He often made uh, these things known. But as far as when he brought up other churches. He was not afraid of of encouraging them. And spurring them on by by the zeal of the churches that are around them. And especially by individual saints. Yes. Yes. We can uh, see scripture that says that we should not examine ourselves or, or uh, compare ourselves among one another. There's definitely a truth to that. We, don't, we shouldn't look at others and, and basically measure ourselves against that and say, well, I'm one step above that and therefore I'm fine. But rather the opposite. Paul takes it very keenly opportunity of, of lifting up certain brothers and using them as, as a, uh, a motivation for higher ground. Just like he said of himself, follow me for I follow Christ. And so we see Paul in his letters very often having commendations of, of other churches and other brethren and, and not being ashamed of, of commending them. And, uh, and spurring the, uh, the saints that he's speaking to to uh, seek for higher ground. And here are just some, a few of them that I like to, well, uh, quite a number of them that I like to just uh, list off of the commendations of, of virtues of believers and eventually also virtues of different churches. So here, Paul, in Scripture, he talks about Timothy, or Timotheus, and he tells the church, he's well reported, worketh the work of the Lord. Of Phoebe, we're told, she's a servant of the church, secured many. Priscilla and Aquila are helpers in Christ Jesus, laid down their, their own necks, and all the churches give unto them thanks. He speaks of a Mary, and he says that she bestowed much labor, Ad- Ad- Andronicus and Junia said that they are of note ab- among the apostles. And I know I might not get all these names right, but bear with me. Urbane, he's a helper, helper in Christ. Apollos, approved in Christ. Tryphena and labored in the Lord. Persis, labored much in the Lord. Timotheus, work at the work of the Lord. Some man he just calls the brother. He says his, whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches and have oftentimes proved diligent in many things. Tychicus, beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. Again, labing, labeling them just brethren. That they waxing confident by my bonds were more bold to speak without, without fear. Epaphroditus, He's a companion in labor and fellow soldier, minister, he ministered to Paul's wants, and he received told to receive him and hold such in, in reputation. Anesimus, faithful and beloved, Aristarchus or Marcus, also named Justice. He has been a comfort unto me, Paul says, a also laboring further fervently for you in prayers, Philemon, hearing of thy love and faith, in the communication of thy faith, that the bowels of the saints are refreshed by him. Gaius was told that brethren testified of the truth that is, that is in him, and that he walks after the truth, and has borne witness. People have borne witness of the charity of his charity before the church. These these. List here that I read off to me and was very convicting. It tells me either of two things: either I'm coming short in a lot of these things, and so we in the churches as well. If people cannot have these same commendations of us, if uh, a brother has said, "Have you met such and such?" And, and "How do you know him?" Oh, yeah, he's he's a he's a hard worker. He's he's friendly. Are any of these things in his mind? Maybe we've come short. But at the same time, it maybe just uh, tells the opposite. How willing, willing and ready are we to share the blessings that a brother has, opposed to their faults, opposed to their shortcomings, opposed to the, the things that, uh, that we may think are not perfect, but rather to put our focus on the things and the blessings that we see in them. And so Paul did with the, with the churches as well. We see in the, many of the churches that Paul, in the in the in the Word of God, had a lot of commendations for. In Acts we see uh, the word of God telling of the churches that they in those days were edified. They walked in the fear of the Lord, comforted by the comfort of the Holy Ghost and were multiplying. I would hope and I trust um, that if any of you would visit in our midst, that there could be some, at the very least, some of these virtues that you could receive in our midst as well, that we could come away bearing testimony of the same. And like I said, it's twofold. Obviously, maybe first of all, we as a church do come short in these things, in that maybe you do not immediately see the grace of the Lord, just something visible that you can see by visiting in our midst. And that may the Lord work in our hearts to be more formed in his image. But second of all, maybe we're not aware of them enough and or be able to speak, to the, speak of them freely enough. Now, we don't obviously want to falsely uh, lift somebody up more than, than they ought to be. But I don't believe that was what Paul was doing. He did not feel ashamed to, uh, to commend and to, to comment on the grace that he had seen in, in the, these individual brothers, in these individual sisters, and also, uh, and also in the churches that he had ministered all with. Again, some other virtues of the churches we find in the books of Acts. It tells of Peter how the, ch- the church was praying without ceasing for Peter, when he was in prison, uh, Paul often, often when he's going on his missionary work, when he's doing his missionary journeys, though often there's not there's not a lot of mention of of other churches, of him uh, working with other churches, but there are a lot of subtle hints, and sometimes you can read in Acts about Paul visiting certain brethren in one area, and it says that they. Paul, Barnabas, Silas, whoever whoever it was, they were brought on their way by the church. Just one small phrase there, but it seems like it speaks a lot, meaning Paul couldn't do it himself. He needed lodging. He needed somehow to be able to travel. He needed uh, some funds often to get through the way, and the church was ready and and willing, and the Bible commends them that the church brought them on their way. It tells of different times when the the saints came to Jerusalem, the church there was gladly received them. It tells the churches were established in faith and increased. And it even says that when in Jerusalem they heard of the conversion of Gentiles, it caused great joy. Now Paul in his letters, in his epistles specifically, he has a lot of commendations of other churches. He's not afraid when he's speaking to one church to bring up the churches of Macedonia or the churches over there or the brethren over there. How they supply to to his want, to his need he often, this is probably one of the, the biggest refrains and commendations that he has of other churches spurring the church on that he's speaking to, is telling of how willing they were to give and help out financially, especially to help the poor poor saints in Jerusalem. And there's so many, many uh, references to that. But other, other times as well, he talks about the house of Stephanus, how they addicted themselves to the ministry. He talks to, and says of, of the Galatians, how they received Paul as an angel of God. The Thessalonians, he, he commends, how they received the word of God, not as the word of men, like, but as it is verily the word of God. Paul says both to the Ephesians and to the Colossians, That he hears word. He's he's heard. It's been told him. Meaning that people are talking about it. People aren't afraid to say. Hey have you ever been to Ephesus? Have you seen the church there? Have you been with them? You know. He's heard from other people. Of their faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's heard of the love that they have. To all the saints. And he brings this to their attention. Paul also of the, of the Thessalonians I believe that he heard that people have gloried of their patience and faith in times of persecutions and tribulations and how willing and ready they were to endure. And so I desire as well at least one thing in this morning to bring, also just a blessing again from the church at home. Are we perfect? Definitely not. Are the things that we need to uh, work through? Yes. But again, following the example of uh, of scripture, I'm not going to bring come here and bring you all our faults and say all the the things that uh, that you know the Lord still needs to work in in our own lives, in our own churches. But rather, like uh, the example of Paul, I, I see a lot of benefits. I see a lot of blessings. I see a lot of gifts in the church at home. There's compassion. We have a number of people that are going through different ailments, of which I hear that there seems like there are here as well. There are sicknesses, some Um, less severe and some quite severe and and on the verge of life threatening. There have been of late some sisters, some uh, couples that have been facing miscarriages some couples that have faced um, a sickness with their children that uh, though their child that she is pregnant with will likely come to full term but it's, it's likely already going to be one where the child will only live a matter of minutes and they know this already and I believe that they have seen already and, and, uh, and seen a lot of compassion from brothers and sisters in the church and so I commend the church for that I am excited and I commend the church for their willingness to serve and to exercise their spiritual gift, I am right now still currently the only active uh, elder there, but I feel a lot of support in in the church to help carry the burdens of of many of the things of the of the church that I need not then look after. I do see and I sense the love of the brethren at the church at home in Niagara. The support of them, the prayers, the willingness to pray for those that are called, uh, calling and asking for prayer. The willingness to pray for those that are, are preaching and teaching the word of God. Yes, like I said, we are definitely not Perfect. And I buy this, I don't want to say that I want to, uh, and that Paul would ever want to give a skewed uh, view or vision of this, of these churches or of the church that he is comm- commending or of our church at home. But one simple uh, truth is, though there are times when we obviously have to face difficulties, there are there are problems there are issues there are things that we need to work for work through but i think even just like a construction site when you are working together on whatever project that you are yes there are times that mistakes are going to happen and mistakes are going to be have to be addressed that we need to learn from the past to be able to constructively work towards the future but I believe the majority of your interactions in, in, uh, with these young people that you're training is not on all the mistakes that they have done. Nor are you going to constantly be talking about all the mistakes that you've, do, you've done in your past. And how don't do this because you'll have this and do this. And, but if you're not, the majority of your, your teaching is not on how to be productive on to actually how to get further in the things that, that work well to, uh, to get your work completed, you're going to have very little done. So again, in construction, we should learn most of how to be productive, not just of how not to be destructive. And so we should not be ashamed of to consider and to think of the many blessings and the virtues that the, that the, the saints and the churches have and to, to lift them up and as models and of, of, uh, of people and vessels that God is working His grace through. And we see then many wonderful and beautiful things then happening. I'd like to turn to uh, First Thessalonians. You can turn your Bibles there as well. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Bible still relatively new a little bit hard to page 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 just starting at verse 1, I'll probably be reading 1 through 13. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully treated, entreated, as ye know, at Philippi we were bold in our gospel to speak unto sorry bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness not nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men but God which trieth our hearts, for neither at any time use we flattering words as we know as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome, as the other apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel only, but our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. I'm going to maybe stop here a little bit because this is the verse I wanted to focus on. Here we see again. Like I said, God called us to be or to hold treasure in earthen vessels. And we see here the scriptures and so many of the epistles They are not just a a systematic book of theology. Though sometimes many of us would like that. We would just like the more straightforward answers. Give me all the do's and don'ts. Tell me the things that I need to focus on. Tell me what's really important. In this certain doctrine, just spell it out clear. I want to know. I want to know what it is. I want to know what it means. Sure, Paul could have likely written many letters out that way. Okay, to the Thessalonians, here's the doctrine of so-and-so, the doctrine of this and this. And these are the <clears throat> excuse me, most fundamental things to, to focus on. And this is this is a family life, and this is your priorities. This is what you should hold most dear, and here's second, and here's third, and just spell it out very clear. <clears throat> But one thing that God seemed fit to include would be very much missing in that. And that's actually just blood and sweat and tears and actually human emotional interaction. God wanted more than just to tell you about the gospel and the grace of God and everything that it can do, but he actually wanted to show you as well. And by working that grace in this people, and say, Look, here it is. And so we have here Paul as well. He says that we wanted to impart unto you the gospel. But then for some reason, he said, not only. Like, wait a minute. You know, I thought that was enough. Is, should that not be sufficient? Like, we've got the gospel. You give the gospel to us, and, and then that, that should be sufficient. What else would we want more? Surely, if God wants to give some bestowing up from heaven down to us, maybe we'll take that. But, but no, he adds to, at the end there, but our own souls. Because the gospel is real, it actually has fruit and it affects and we should be able to see it. And Paul was not ashamed to show that this is real. This is not just a teaching. This is not just just something that we can just read empty words with. You see that now this gospel actually has life and you can see it manifested by these mere earthen vessels. Not the gospel only, but our own souls, because you were dear unto us. You know, I read uh, times, I think it's especially the, uh, the Apostle John in his letters, where he writes what seems to be even a relatively short letter, and all of a sudden he says, you know what? I would rather not keep on writing with paper and ink. I want to meet you face to face. And we see that, and I read that, and I say, wait, wait a minute, Paul. I would have rather you written more with paper and ink. You know, I I want to know what you told them. I want to know what your conversation was about. But I believe even that part is inspired. He's showing us that it's so much more precious to interact, to have that gospel bear fruit in your lives, and bearing fruit in the way that we interact with one another that we would rather see one one another face to face and to impart some spiritual gift, if we have a spiritual gift to, to impart, but also to be comforted together by our mutual faith. Yes, they were just human. They were body and blood. In flesh. Born with sweat and tears. But God was able to work this super, supernatural work in their lives. Let us read on. Verse 9. <clears throat> for ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail. <clears throat> for laboring night and day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because we, we were... <clears throat> Sorry. For laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. As a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called unto you his kingdom and glory. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because we, when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, But as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You see, this is just simply God's God's will. He wanted to impart unto them the gospel, but he also wanted to show us a gospel that can be real and that can actually change a, a human being's life. And that can be seen. Here, yes, they were commended that they, they received Paul's word as it was verily the, the word, word of God <clears throat> that was able and effectual to work in them that believe. But why does he commend them that way? Well, probably pretty clearly because the way that God chose to bring it was through human lips through a human hand, writing with earthly pens and paper. God chose to work through humankind to bring forth His glory. Why would He do it this way? Why did He choose it this way? I think it's twofold. Like I said, He wants to show that this thing actually works. That the gospel of God is able to effectually work. But there's another reason as well. That Second, Thessal- uh, Second Corinthians, sorry. Let's t- turn to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. There's another verse, we won't turn to it, in, in Scripture where Paul... Is talking. I believe he may be in prison at that time, and he's ta- talking to Timothy, and he's telling him to bring some things. And he tells him, yes, bring, bring the parchments. You know, those are important, obviously. But then he also says, bring the cloak. I think he says that he left at Troas. Bring the cloak that he left at Troas. Why? Because Paul needed it. Paul wasn't superhuman. Paul wasn't uh you know, he he was still flesh and bone. If you beat him it hurt. If you if he was in a jail cell with no heating it was cold. If he was forsaken by all his brethren it hurt. Paul wanted the cloak because his bodily human being he needed it he was still flesh and blood and that's what God desired to use 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost." in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, in ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake, It seems to be often a refrain from Paul. You know, we're not preaching ourselves; we're preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, could God not have done a better way of do- doing that? Could He have not used, you know, angels to shout the word from heaven, or or drop some sort of magical book and say, "There, that's from God." No, God used to, chose to use yes, perishable and weak, imperfect human beings to bring forth His gospel and I believe it was even more for His glory. Verse 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us so here's another truth yes god wanted to see that the gospel that he was uh, teaching that it could he wanted to show that it could actually work change in people's Lives, men and women, become new creatures. But all the while, we are still flesh and bone. All the while, though we have a place up in heaven, though we are waiting for our new inherited incorruptible bodies, yet we are still walking around incorruptible, perishable, human bodies. Those that want to destroy the work of God, want to destroy the gospel, want to destroy the church, knows that it's actually fairly easy to destroy those human flesh and bones. It doesn't take a whole lot. But for some reason, that treasure, that gospel, that grace that they were preaching, it can't be stopped. It just keeps on going. Yes, these people in front of them are, are people just like the rest of the world. They're dust and earth and clay. You beat them and they break. So it says here, but we have this treasure in earth and earthen vessel. Like a clay jar, holding some treasure in it, the treasure is beyond—beyond it. Beyond, it's priceless, but the clay jar is just a clay jar. You got to be careful with you. Strike it too hard and it shatters. It breaks. And we can easily see, and men can thankfully, easily see that the glory doesn't need to go to this clay jar. It breaks like any other one would break, and so we die. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Still, God chooses to bring this treasure still every day continually through many, many different earthen vessels, earthen jars. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. But not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Now, yes, all of these uh these answers, these responses are beautiful because we see the grace of God maintaining. But as far as our human bodies, even the saints here, even Paul and all the apostles in the beginning, they in likewise have endured trouble. Trouble came their way. They were not somehow now superhuman, that everything that you threw at them just bounced off and, and, and everything was perfect and you could not touch them. They faced trouble. They were perplexed at times. They were, they were uncertain. They, they didn't know what, what was the way forward, how God would deliver. They were perplexed. They were persecuted. Persecution came their way. Again, they were not made out of stone. These things did not just bounce off of them. They felt them. They did just not laugh and uh, and go along their way when their families were torn apart or when the husbands and fathers were taken away and imprisoned. Their persecution hurt. They were cast down, but they were not destroyed. Nor were they forsaken, nor in despair, nor distressed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which are, which, which live are always delivered unto death, For Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So here you see something quite different. That these things, these persecutions, casting down perplexing situations, these troubles that are all coming about them as just human vessels, they can see now that yes, this should and can and bring glory even more to God. We are not indestructible as far as our earthly body goes. And thank the Lord for that because then more of that glory of the gospel that's going forth can be brought up to God. And not to ourselves. So we ought to take the lesson of Moses and Aaron. We know that Moses and Aaron, Moses was deemed as the meekest man on the earth at that time I believe. And God did mighty work through him. And we know the story of how the children of Israel murmured for for water. And Moses came to the Lord and pled for them, God, they want water. And how God said, go to that rock. Take your staff and smite that rock. And I believe Moses had complete confidence in God. God. And he knew that this was just a supernatural work. There's no other explanation. How could this work? So he went and he smote the rock and he believed God and there gushed forth water to quench their thirst. But we know the story, most of us, how another time came where, again, they were thirsty for water. And they complained and they murmured and they forgot God's leading and care for them all the while. And they came to Moses and said, Give us water. And Moses, maybe at this point getting somewhat frustrated, nevertheless went to God and said, God, you heard them. You know what they want, God? They want water. God said, I will give them water. I want you to go to that rock. I want you just to speak to it. I think God full and well knew the people and maybe even knew and obviously knew the mind of Moses and he knew the people that maybe this could be you know explained somehow somehow naturally you know maybe it's a certain specific special kind of rock. Maybe Moses knows just what kind. Or maybe it's something about Moses and his ability, his strength, that is just able to bring forth water out of rocks. God said, speak to the rock. And Moses went to that rock and and called out to them. And so... Said, must we not gone? Must we, me and Mo, Aaron and I, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And he smote that rock out of his own strength, out of his own effort, and nothing happened. And he smote it the second time, and the mercy of God for the people and the mercy of God for Moses, God allowed rock, the water to pour forth. But we know how serious this was for Moses, and God said to him, that you robbed me the glory." That was due unto me. And you took it for yourself. Moses thought through again. His own strength. His own way. His own uh, efforts. That he and Aaron. Could do this mighty thing for them. But for God it was very clear. God wanted to use. These earthly vessels. But only and if the glory would always come back to him and so Paul sees also when he looks at all these things these persecutions these trials these afflictions these hardships that that the church is going through like i said these are not just men and women of of iron and these things just bounce off and they cannot touch them. No, they hurt. When they're whipped, they hurt. They get cut, they bleed. When they get put in the prison, they get hungry. They get sick. They get cold. The rats could come and and nibble on their toes, whatever it be. But Paul sees that all these, these trials, these afflictions, these persecutions that are coming about them, that these God can use as a tool to just bring more glory and honor unto them, unto God, rather than men. if God would have chosen Michael and Gabriel and many of the other angels to bring forth the gospel, if God would give us somehow supernatural power and invincibility to bring forth the gospel, he knows that soon the glory and praise and adoration would be to our own abilities and our own efforts. But when these people see That if you mock them, they get hurt. When and if any of us have all our friends, our family, everybody just turn their back on us and forsake us, yes, we still have the Lord Jesus, amen. But it's no fun. It hurts. But somehow they look back and say, still, still he's being sustained. Still somehow he has strength. Still somehow he has motivation to go on because the Lord gives grace sufficient. But we have this treasure in earthly, earthen, breakable vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, And not of us. Again, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also I'm sorry, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. I like to close then with uh, these final verses of First Corinthians, Chapter Fifteen. Verses 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, and I speak that to the church here this morning be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you.
1: Well, thank the Lord for his word. Thank you, brother, for your faithful uh, preparation and ministry. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging? And uh, as the apostle said, looking unto Jesus, it's a treasure we're looking at, not the vessel, whether ours or someone else's. Right? So we don't, um, don't be discouraged by um, our own sense of humanness, per se, our own weaknesses. But uh, find with Paul, when I'm weak, then am I strong. Thank you, brother, for uh, coming and your family and sitting on these hard benches. You didn't realize how good it was at home, eh? I'm thinking of the young people here, thinking, wow, I'm never complaining again, right? <laughs> oh. what a blessing uh, why don't we uh, stand and thank the Lord for the message respond to him there and while we are giving thanks we'll thank the Lord for the food that he's provided for us that we'll eat in a while after it's ready and we're called and then we'll be dismissed for fellowship when the meal is ready to be served uh, probably Diane will let us know We'll give thanks for all here and now. Did you have something you were going to say, brother? Yes. Okay. Well, sure. And since there's some folks in there, do you want to come up here so they can hear you in the other room? Pray, thank the Lord for the Word of God, our spiritual food, and the meal to follow.
2: So, since I'm up here, I guess I will share. <laughs> uh, So uh, I think we could all say that we've kind of felt that way, I'm sure. I'm not gonna raise raise of hands, but you know, where a time you felt rejected, a time where you felt cast down, a time where you felt um, kind of the, 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 the words that he went through, right? Where, have you ever felt that? I'm sure you've all felt that way. Heard many of your tears and your crying in the prayer meetings, and felt like so misunderstood. I know I felt that way too. But and my so through that, my desire was to, yeah, my desires. When I you know, I share my heart, I don't know if everybody was here that one time I shared my heart with with uh, local churches and how I believed as I read the Bible how I would see it that we would respond together and think well of each other, that's my heart that is my heart, with all my heart with all my heart I desire that with all my being and I think well of Niagara, I think we all do Uh, think well of the other churches. Uh, uh, Yeah, I thank the Lord for that. thank the Lord that I could pray for Bernie in such a way, you know, like lift him up. He doesn't even belong to the congregation, but to be able to lift him up in prayer think well of him and see him do well and overcome, that's my desire, that I could live like that. But I must say also, at the same time, through feeling rejected so much. I think it wore on me and I became negative. I started to see that more, more and more in my life. Like I, I just, it be, I became negative and through, but not nobody in particular, like I would, I share in general terms when I share my vision, but I share everywhere I go. I've been sharing this for a year at least, the same thing over and over and I hope people didn't misunderstand me anywhere I went. But that is that uh, yeah, that we would overcome these things and, and seek revival and uh, seek revival and I've shared these things and I hope that I have a tendency to do it in a negative form and I see that. The Lord is telling me like even through what your brother said like that my whole life growing up in a negative way I even tend to teach that way and I don't desire to do it that way my heart is right, the desire is godly, I believe, but then when I do it, I, t- I tend to do it the way that I'm so used to doing it in a negative way and but I've shared with, I share with every church member I go to, all my, all my friends, from every church, I share the same thing, but it's no nothing negative, like nothing in a sense that I think, wow they they need to. Like, I would even think of my, our own, like, our congregation here, that we're seeking revival. So I, I don't think negative of my own church. So anyway, so I thought I would maybe, that was on my mind. Is like, I know the Lord is telling me that, though. I felt like it's, I confess that to some people yesterday. Uh, I mean, everywhere I go, my wife knows, everywhere I go, I'm sharing the same thing about how we as believers, like, I've kind of shared it this way, is that uh, it doesn't, it's one thing that, uh, that we do not experiencing revival when we see it in the Bible. That's one thing. But I said, and I hope they don't take it wrong, but I said, but, because it usually is to Christians, but I say, what's worse is that we as Christians don't even care. And that's what I've been saying, and I don't mean it to say, and I don't pinpoint, I'm not nitpicking anybody. It's just general, in general, right? Because I have friends from all churches, and that's what I desire is for me, myself, to have that desire, but to inspire others. That's the desire is that we would so... But I also see that Lord is showing me, okay, there's other steps I want to take now is <clears throat> is to, as he said, build. Start actually building. And that's what I desire to do. So let us pray then. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word, Lord, just desire, God, that you would continue to work in my own heart, Lord. How to build, Lord, and how to see other, we all together, different denominations, Lord, could overcome our differences, Lord, and our own cultures, different cultures, I should say, Lord, where we could truly, Father, um, go beyond these things, Lord, and, and, and build, Lord, the kingdom of God, where we love one another, not suspicious, Lord, of things, God, and all these things, Lord, you truly, God. Uh, bless the, all of the believers, Lord, as I shared this morning, Lord, from, from Port Burwell. I miss Niagara, Lord, but I do pray your blessing on them as well. Lord, that you would teach us how, Lord, just to build with our, with our words, Lord, with, with uh, our hearts, Lord. And just, and it would just flow out of love in our hearts for one another and pray that you would meet our needs, Lord, each one of us, Lord, and show us how, Father, to be a blessing, As we look to you, Lord, you're the master builder. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this morning. and pray your blessing on the church and cause to go forward in Jesus' name. Thank you for the food, Lord. Bless our time together and the food. Amen.